Welcome everybody to the Mortgage Innovators Podcast. This is where we will dive into everything related to home buying, insights on all things mortgage, and the innovation that is really propelling your industry forward. My name is Blake Voss with Active Comply. And I'm Ali Cardi with Active Comply. And we're your hosts for this special episode today titled Home Sweet Home, How Mortgage Technology is Opening the Door for Gen Z and Beyond. All right, so before we dive in, we want to welcome our special guests to join the conversation. Doug Wilber from Denim Social and Dan Catanella from Total Expert. Welcome, guys. Thank you, guys. Excited to be here. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. Cool, cool. All right, so let's better understand what Gen Z really is. So, Ali, can you, I guess, give us like a quick rundown on what Gen Z is and maybe even touch on the research you've been doing lately for Gen Z home buyers? 100%. So, Gen Z is individuals that were born between 1997 and 2012 kind of differ based on who you talk to but that's the generic age range a uh, little backstory blake and i are both gen zers so um in the conference scene actually i uh, spoke about dan recently dan and i were at an airport and we had some downtime and he kind of looked at me and was like so why do you rent and i was like oh i don't want to ever get into it you know then not for me like not till i'm married and he was like well do you realize like you'll never see that money again and I remember exactly where I was, where we were having that conversation. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if that was going into a mortgage, like I could potentially see a really big return on investment. And so that conversation, I'm really excited that we're going to dive into this today because it really sparked my um, research on people in my life, having these discussions, you know, bringing awareness to that $2,000 that could be going down the drain. And, you know, there's such a, a need for bringing education to the people like me at the airport that day. So, um, and I think I'm really excited that Doug is here too, because the social media aspect is a great way to engage with people that may not have two hours to kill at the airport. So Gen Z is, you know, really digitally innovative and I'm excited, you know, to just discuss some of the, the topics that I've been discussing with my friends, as well as hear um, Dan and Doug's input and, and Blake, you and I are just in this Gen Z train together, but we, again, are just, I think it's 24 to 16. Um, but yeah, so excited to kind of dive into this topic today. Yeah, no, Ali, you have a good point. And you and I both are not homeowners, so we could be frauds in this mortgage industry that we're part of. Uh, one day it'll come. A little bit. But, but, but we're, we, we grew up in a, like, I guess a world where, world, a world where social media was everything that we've known. I mean, we've been on Instagram since elementary school. And with Doug just being a huge social media guru, social selling seems to be like this term that I hear him talking about a lot. And even at Actify, we talk about social selling. But really from a marketing perspective, Doug is one of like the really leading the pack for social selling in the mortgage industry. So Doug, can you, I guess, give us a quick rundown on really what social selling really is and how loan officers can leverage social selling to bring in more loans, especially yeah. with the great environment any loan is a good loan, I'd say, right now. So can you just touch on exactly what this is and how loan officers should be following this whole social selling thing? Sure, absolutely. I mean, the 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 simple definition of social selling is using social media for the purposes of business development efforts, right? That's the, that's the if you looked it up in the dictionary, if it's in the dictionary, that's what it would say. Um, the reality is, and, and Ali, the conversation you had with Dan in the airport, that's the opportunity that loan officers have with social media, right? Is how do you create those opportunities in a digital way to be able to facilitate a conversation with a potential home buyer 
that helps them understand the benefits of being a homeowner, right? That That is what the opportunity is when you think about how do I leverage social media? How do I leverage social media to establish myself as a credible, trustworthy loan officer who has something relevant to share with an audience, right? Um, that's the, that is social selling in practice, is, is being your authentic self. The same conversation that you would have with a potential borrower in the real world is the conversation that you should be having on social media. Um, right. Clearly, there are implications for that, um, given the, the industry that we work in and, and all the work that you guys are doing at Active Compliant, but we're doing at Denim from a compliance perspective. But the fundamentals of how do I actually use social media to build better, deeper, more meaningful relationships with my community that I serve? Yeah, I mean, that sounds exactly what, what I would say social selling is, um, which is great. And I think that if you're not social selling today, you're, you're missing out. Uh, and you touched on how education and just explaining the value of home ownership is, is exactly where it is. Where I think education is just a huge factor, especially for financial literacy efforts. I mean, I wasn't taught in a high school how to buy a home, um, but I do know that I go to TikTok or Instagram whenever I want to learn something like that. Uh, so I just think it's a good initiative to be going that way. Um, so Allie, I know that you have a ton of questions to ask both, both Dan and Doug, but with your whole TikTok initiative that you're doing right now for just trying to, I guess, do research for, for your peers uh, through your Instagram stories and that questionnaire, uh, do you yeah. see, are there any, I guess, trends that you think uh, we could discuss today on how your peers would like to be engaged with by a loan officer uh, by using social media? I guess, what, what are the areas that you're seeing that I guess we can discuss as a, as a group here? Um, yeah, I think something that D uh, Doug just touched upon was just the education factor. And I know Dan and I kind of went off um, when I first posted my first uh, LinkedIn video. I like Dan and I talked on the phone for a little bit about like there's this like need to connect with potential home buyers through social media. There's just this untapped territory that personally, after sitting uh, through MBA IMB, I just left thinking, wow, these people are onto something. Um, based on the people in my peer group and the conversations I've been having, I don't know if people are 100% like me. And I told Dan this, you know, I don't think that I'm at the point where I know where I want to live yet. Uh, but I realize the financial wealth that comes from it. But right now, what I think our industry can be doing is sitting down, building connections through social media and educating like, hey, um, I know that Dan and I talked about uh, different financial readiness apps and just, uh, I know. I think Finlocker and Total Expert are now in a uh, partnership. So I think that that's going to be a great resource, but just getting the word out there about what's needed when it comes to financing a home. And I think uh, my poll last week was, um, do you trust, do you trust, or do you care that your data goes to China? <laughs> and the 54% of my peers said no, because the fact that our, the people that we turn to, we don't really trust in the first place. When it comes to buying a home, you know, being that trusted resource, like Doug just said, and, and building a relationship, supplying the educational resources consistently so that you can tell people aren't just trying to sell you on something is going to be really important. And um, Dan, I know that you and I had talked a little bit about like this idea of influencing and being a social figure. What's your take on it? What do you think? Yeah, so I mean, in my opinion, every, everything starts with education and education is the gateway to trust. And the more 
you can engage, you know, potential Gen Zers and attract them in the networks that they exist on. And it's, it's evolved, right? It's changed the networks that uh, you may have gotten involved with for social, you know, five, 10 years ago are, are not where the Gen Zers are living. So making sure that you're also looking at your strategy and, and focused on the channels that uh, these potential future home buyers exist on today and, and make sure that you're engaging and educating. Uh, but everything starts with, you know, if you look at, you know, who you trust in your own life, you know, you trust your parents, you trust your, your teachers, your professors. If you really think about it, they all are the educators in your lives, right? So leading with education first uh, and then talking about, you know, solid advice and engaging them at the right time uh, is where we see, you know, most lenders having, you know, the most success uh, as well as, you know, using, you know, uh, things like video uh, is a big proponent of that. Um, it is much more challenging to trust somebody on social a social community without introducing video into that to, so that they can see the human face uh, be, behind that person. Um, so video, we, we typically see, you know, about a 2x higher engagement uh, on video content uh, than we do on just, a, you know, imagery or, or flat text for sure. Um, but everything starts with um, with really education. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, and I mean, we've been talking about social media so far, but Dan, you're deep in the tech world. I mean, you helped bring digital mortgages to mortgage companies in the past. Are there any other pieces of technology that loan officers or just you know mortgage professionals can leverage today to either increase engagement, whether it is through social channels or just through keeping people educated about the mortgage process and the value behind it? Yeah, so I, I would say um, I, I look at, you know, you really got to have a kind of a reputation management uh, suite behind it. And that, you know, I would encompass things like reviews, um, internet listings, your web presence, your social, um, you know, presence as well. All of that kind of goes into what I would say kind of a reputation management strategy. Um, so making sure that you really, as an individual originator that's out there, making sure that you understand your own digital presence, because you know, especially when you're trying to communicate and build trust over digital channels, um, you know, consumers are going to research you. And if they come up short on what they're finding, uh, whether that's reviews or your, your or the quality of your own individual website or your social presence, um, those are going to lead to areas where they're not, you know, fully embaked in trusting. So reputation management uh, as a whole suite uh, really is a is an important component there. Um, Outside of that, obviously, we've seen the digital uh, experience, the application process uh, obviously evolve over the last, you know, specifically 10 years. Uh, and there's, you know, some some emerging tech that are going to continue to enhance that further from things like, you know, um, automated verification services so that, you know, your assets, your income, your employment, all of that can be um, ingrained upfront in a digital way so that you don't have to, you know, nobody wants to push papers back and forth and track down you know, pay stubs and W-2s from years ago. Um, that's kind of a thing of the past and, and certainly a friction point for Gen Zers that, you know, have grown up with, you know, the phones and, and you know, are used to ordering everything through their apps uh, right. on their phones. Because yeah. I personally, I've never gone to a bank to sign up for a bank account or a credit card. I've done yeah. all that online, usually <laughs> for an Instagram ad with a fillable form. Uh, so. Well, yeah. That I think is funny is um, I was reading a, a mortgage news article and they were talking about how our generation has like 
these expectations when it comes to services. So they use the example of pizza delivery. You want to mm -hmm. be able to track the time that your pizza is going to be there. If the company doesn't supply that capability, we're, we just won't use them and they'll slowly go out of business. So I thought that that was a really interesting comparison. Um, as I started looking at our industry and like, maybe there's some, some automation that we could, could use. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's going to be an interesting topic. I think that our, my parents are both in the industry and Blake's are too. Well, Blake's dad is. And, um, I think it's a very slow industry to evolve, but it'll be interesting as it does, because there's such a need for automation in different parts of the loan process. Yeah, and some of it just some of it's just transparency, right? Like you want to understand where your loan is in the process. You want to understand what the next steps are, especially if you're a first time home buyer. You're not educated on any of that. I always make the joke of like we talk about this term loan servicing. No first time home buyer in the world, unless they're ingrained in the industry, understands what the heck loan servicing means uh, unless they're Googling it. Um, so, you know, we got to stop talking and Housing Wire put out a, a cool article. Um, I think it was last week just talking about like, hey, everybody in the industry, like we all use these cool acronyms and we're like in the club because we know them, but we need to stop that and talk in actually consumer grade terms um, mm -hmm. so that consumers can digest that and actually understand what we're talking about, what it means to them um, and educate them further. And and I mean, and I think that's really like, you hit the nail on the head. And, and that's the opportunity that we collectively have as an industry is to Sort of humanize this process, right? And and yeah, automation's great, and and you know, this in simplifying processes and providing transparency and visibility is great. But at the end of the day, the the home that you elect to buy is going to be the largest item on your personal balance sheet. Where you choose to live is hyper emotional, mm -hmm. hyper personal. And so one of the things that we coach our customers on all the time when we're thinking about getting loan officers active on social media is understanding these challenges right that this is a highly personal highly emotional purchase it's a it's a massive amount of an investment the borrower wants to know who their loan officer is they want to know that they can trust that loan officer and they want to know that they can rely on that loan officer when these automated processes don't go the way they maybe are intended to go which is like all the time right yeah you call with a question Right. And that's, I think, where in, in, you know, we're all in the trade show circuit all the time. And I think that's the opportunity that we have as an industry relative to some of the, the large players in the space that are primarily just trying to use tech and dehumanize the experience. I think for the vast majority of lenders, leaning in on the human part of this is a huge opportunity. Yeah. But there's a balance, right? Like you, yeah. you need both to some degree to stay efficient. So, like how do you, I guess, figure out that balance for? automating in a dehumanizing way yeah. but also humanizing it so because people buy from people and we talk about that internally in active way all the time if someone likes you they're probably more willing to sign up with your services so how do yeah. we find balance today yeah yeah I, so blake I'll, I'll uh it's a great this is a great topic um because so i've gotten debates about this before with people that were just all in on on tech um, and, and I do believe it is a balance. And I always, you know, if you, if you really map out the customer journey and you really look at what things are kind of mundane tasks and should be self-service from a customer, like nobody wants to sit on the phone and spell their name and give their social security number. Like nobody wants to talk to a human to do those things. But what right. they do want is what is the right time to inject the advice engine that 
the best person on the in the world to do that is a human and that mortgage that trusted mortgage advisor so injecting the human element at the right time to really provide that guidance and that trust um things like i always use the the you know there's a there's some tech companies out there fintech companies out there that have basically built like product and pricing engines inside the application i think that is a massive miss i think you know showing you know, ha trying to have a consumer select out of a thousand different programs and offerings and interest rates that are available to them, which one's the best. That to me is such a miss to try to drive through tech where that's where that's a great reason where I always was a big proponent of putting our mortgage originators, injecting them right in that process to build that that talk track, make sure they're displaying the right options based on their financial goals, their situation, how long you want to stay in that home. Um, and really, so really, looking at your customer journey, figuring out where to inject the human element that gives you the biggest bang for the trust factor uh, yeah. to really get that consumer. Um, it all starts at the top of the funnel, right? It starts, when we all know, I mean, Allie and Blake, you guys are going through this process right now, right? Like you have yet to make your first home purchase, but you're thinking about it. And so where are you going to educate yourself? Where are you going to become more knowledgeable about what your options might look like? And granted, you might have a step up because you're in this industry, but you know, presuming that you're not, like you're going on social. One thing, one of the things we coach our customers on quite frequently is that like this generation, they they go to social as a search engine. Yeah. Right? That is your default search engine. It is not Google anymore. It is social. And so when you're researching and trying to educate yourself, you're going on to social. And so as a loan officer, if you're not present and engaged in those conversations that are already happening on social, and you're not providing your own authentic version of what that advice should look like, you're gonna miss out on the opportunity when that, that borrower is ready to engage. And so one of the misnomers I think that happens, and, and it's sort of, you know, it, we call it social selling, but I don't think that really does it does the practice a service because when you link it to selling versus building relationships, you've missed the opportunity. Um, we we coach our customers on leveraging social to be present and to leverage social as a way to engage, not talk about rates, right? Not to get somebody to click here to apply. Social media is not a lead gen magnet. Social media is a relationship builder. And that's ultimately what differentiates most good LOs from the from the not so good ones. You're right, because whenever I go on like LinkedIn in particular, I will see some of the the bigger banks, where all the loan officers I know at the bigger banks, it's I see the same post, ten of them in a row on my LinkedIn page, and it's always apply now or or contact us today or whatever it may be. And I do see, and I don't want to make IMBs against banks and credit unions, but I, I truly think a lot of the IMB loan officers out there are really good at hunting and killing, but doing it in a way where they're building relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to get into a debate about banks. But about education and like we use this term called like edutainment. How are you educating and entertaining at the exact same time? What content can you produce? And like and what Dan was talking about before about video content and all that. That's great. Right. But not every loan officer is comfortable doing that. They should aspire to be comfortable to do that. But we have to also meet loan officers where they are and supply them with content that helps them to articulate who they are as a real person at the same time. Yep. So, there, and, and how can that content be produced and distributed in a way that provides a little bit of entertainment value?
Yeah. yeah, and, and I, I understand the demographic of the mortgage originators that are in our industry as well, to Doug's point. Um, you know, yeah. you still got the av average age of the originator somewhere floating around 48. 46. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, 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 it is certainly meeting them where they're at. Um, but, you know, one of the things I love about Denim Social and their product is that it really allows you from a corporate perspective to deliver that content to them so they feel somewhat spoon-fed uh, on what their social presence is because you know when i evaluate a lot of the lenders in our industry you know you get these small pockets of los that do these things well but it's very small percentage um, so making sure that you have the right platform that allows you to really do that throughout your entire organization um, and and do it from a top-down perspective and you know drive it from your sales managers down to understand how important it is to kind of have top of the funnel education and engagement that ultimately is going to produce transactions in the future but it's that not instant uh, as a marketing leader yeah and as a marketing leader and a, and a compliance leader like how do you manage that right you have to have the right platforms and uh in order to provide that scalability how do you curate content how do you tee that content up how do you orchestrate that content who has access to it is it approved to be used how are you monitoring for comments like all of that is part of, it's a unique challenge for our industry versus, you know, a consumer packaged good or, a, you know, you know, not regulated services where they don't have that level of oversight. That's the additional layer of, of challenge on this um, that does make it hard to get started. Um, but yeah, if you can work through that, those processes, you're good to go. Yeah, go it's ahead, like Alex. something that's really hard um, from a, as I've talked to people and I, I told Dan, I had some people who messaged me and asked me, hey, will you create video content for me? And I think that the fear of creating video content is something that I've heard across the industry is, is scary, but I think there's no way that someone is going to, like there's no way I'm going to create accurate or like effective content for someone else to post like on behalf of their business because they're selling themselves. They're not selling me, they're selling themselves. And I think as y'all have been talking, I've just been sitting here taking it all in, but one of the one of the polls I sent out was, would you prefer a virtual um, loan process or in person? Mm -hmm. And while virtual, I think was at like 58%, there was 42% that wanted in person. And so I think that our job as being in the tech world and talking about social media is figuring out how to humanize that virtual transaction because that's what our generation expects. We expect mm -hmm. the pizza delivery timeliness, but we also want the human factor. So how can we use socials to, to break down the barriers, to build a relationship, build trust, deliver the automation that comes with the pizza app, but also give the vulnerability, the authenticity of video content and being a face that someone's gonna associate with a huge emotional decision like buying a home. And so I think between all of our, our conversations and our, our products, there's a really big need for us to, you know, just break down the barriers, like we've been saying, but mm -hmm. the fact that people still want an in-person transaction. And I, yeah. I spoke about on the last podcast, I have a friend here in Nashville, huge amount of savings. She knows she wants to buy a home. Um, and I've been having conversations with her like, okay, what do you, she's like, well, I'm going to talk to someone in person. And I'm like, no way. Like everyone in our industry thinks that our generation wants no face-to-face -face interaction. Um, so how is she going to find that person to meet with, right? I think that's, that's, why, she that's why she hasn't dove into it. That's why she's at my kitchen table or counter in yep. my apartment that I pay rent for talking to me about, oh, well, I want an in-person interaction. And I'm like, 
where's your local bank? You know, where, where are you turning? You know, she's like, I don't know. She's like, I just know that um, if you're going to ask me about homeownership, I want to talk to someone in person about it. And I'm like, okay, well, how can people educate on where to go? One, I think Kristen and I, we, and Blake, we were all talking about it last week. The first step is the biggest issue, especially for women next gen home buyers. Mm-hmm. And it's apparent. And literally my friend was like, I just don't know where to start. I'm not going to even think about it. Dan in the airport with me. I'm like, don't start. I'm like, don't try to sell me on this. It's not <laughs> for me. And he's like, you're in the mortgage industry. And it finally clicked, but it's, it's gauging. And I don't know, what do y'all think? How do you think people should start to talk about it? So the, the location thing uh, definitely should be talked about uh, on, on the social channels as well. Um, you know, I think understanding the local market, um, having local originators out in the local market, I mean, nothing is, is stronger and a competitive advantage than the local originator right now, especially in a purchase market. Um, obviously they have the real estate agent relationships as well. Um, those are the ones that are, are winning in this market right now are, are the local originators, but they should talk about, you know, Hey, if, if you want to grab a cup of coffee or, um, yeah. have it in person, that, that should be part of their social strategy as well. Um, they should broadcast that they are a lo- local to their market, um, mm-hmm. and not somebody sitting in a call center in some digital ecosystem. Your content strategy as an individual loan officer, what is your, and this is again, like, how do I become my authentic self? Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. The same conversation I would have in the coffee shop is the conversation that I should be having on social. So the conversation I'd have about the real estate market in Nashville is what I should be talking about on social media as well. If that's where my customer base is, that's the yeah. content that I should be producing as a loan officer and distributing and across channels, right? But also recognizing that you don't have to be omnipresent on social either. You have yeah. to be you have to be present on the channels where you can be your authentic self and the and your customers will find you when they're ready. So while y'all have been talking, I feel like it's been a very um the the first thing I thought of, you know, TikTok, Instagram, they get this reach that's Nash globally. Um, what happens if a loan officer generates an opportunity outside of the state that they may be licensed in? Um, would you recommend that they just because I think, you know, let's say my friend found a loan officer, she connected with someone who's on TikTok, you know, and oh, you know, they may not originate in Nashville. Um, would you I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of disappointing for someone who's on socials. And I, I guess there's no real answer, but I'm just thinking like with TikTok and Instagram, there's such a broad reach. Um, that's when you, uh, you ask for a referral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that that's not really like a good question, but that's just where my mind went. And like, if I told her, Hey, listen, get on TikTok, look it up. She may not get an originator that can help her. So mm-hmm. I think that that's an interesting thing to overcome on socials, but I just, like, y'all were talking. I was like, what do you yeah. guys think? Yeah, I'm sure that loan officer that she loves engaging with and interacting with probably has a friend in Nashville. Yes, and that kind of leads to my next question. And I don't know, Blake, feel free to jump in when you want, but I love this this type of stuff. Um, so this this idea of creating an influencer. So what I've heard some some people are doing, they create an influencer that's the face of their brand. They got 12 people working behind them. What do you all think about that? Because as a consumer, if I get passed off to -hmm. someone who I did not originally engage with and love their presence, Mm -hmm. I might be like, this is inauthentic. So what are y'all thoughts? I would would, uh, strongly encourage lenders who are listening 
to not go down the path of engaging with an influencer. Your okay. best advocates for your brand and the people who can influence your communities the most and the most effectively are your employees. And yeah. they are the ones who ultimately are going to be able to make that connection with that borrower, build the relationship and get that person into the home that is the best fit for them. As always our advice, like your best influencers are inside your four walls. They just need to be empowered. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, people connect with different people, right? Different personalities, different mm -hmm. mindsets, different, you know, educational content. So, you know, putting everything behind, you know, a single individual or series of individuals really makes that, that lens pretty single threaded too, versus using the, the breadth of all your personalities from all your originators um, and really allowing them to scale up their own personal brand um, out there into the ecosystem. You just, you, you cast a wider net. Yep, your 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 own personal brand is the exact same is exactly it, Dan. It's you've got to be comfortable being your authentic self. And if you do that, think about like we all go to all these conferences and events and cocktail parties and all these things. And who do you end up hanging out with, right? It's the people that you like, the people that you find right. to be interesting. Um, and that's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's how you apply the things you would do in the real world. You apply it to social media by being who you are. And if you are who you are, people will find you. I agree. Ali, is that kind of what you're going for, for that influencer, I guess, topic? Because to me, when I think of an influencer, it seems like a lot of these loan officers just want to be a popular social presence for an originator, whereas there's so many even just consumer products out there that there's a celebrity spokesperson that does run in business. So if you're expecting to go to these influencers or loan officer influencer or finfluencer, whatever people want to call them, are you going to them because you think they can help you through the loan process or are you going to them because you think they're funny and entertaining? I just feel like it's kind of, you never yeah. know what you're my, Dealing with originators for 20 years, my instincts tell me that it's, it's a ploy for originators to try to not be their own personal self on social, personally. Um, and they're just, they're just uncomfortable and, um, you know, using platforms like total expert and denim social, they help us, you know, allow us to kind of spoon fed some of this content. So, you know, that's the most, you know, there's typically, you know, a couple, uh, a series of things that you hear from every originator. I don't have the time. Okay. Well, that's kind of BS right now. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, mm -hmm. so our platforms will help kind of craft the messaging and then they can take it and personalize it to their their own being um so you know the excuses are you know are starting to go out the door um, we are dealing with an older generation um so meeting like doug said earlier meeting them where they are and giving them the right tools um to be able to get out there they're not ready for video okay um but you know the best lenders out there i've seen spend a lot of time educating them on the importance and the higher quality of engagement through video and, and seen a lot of success um so it's a, it's a progression yeah, because I know just even for like Active Comply, uh, for those that don't know, Active we're like a social media compliance focused company. So we are we capture social media, make sure it's compliant. Uh, and we have profile compliance guides on our website that are free to download. And I know, Doug, with Denim Social, you guys have best practices from a marketing standpoint for social media, um, which I would recommend any loan officer that's watching this would go check out both resources because one is going to help you close more business and the other is going to help you stay in business. Um, 
regulatory wise. Uh, so, so I would check out both resources um, if you guys have the chance. Um, but I know that we're coming up on time uh, quickly. So is there any last thoughts for how to use technology to, to leverage and I guess better serve these underserved uh, Gen Z markets? Uh, and I like, there's any other final thoughts you wanted to add also, but is there anything else that anybody wanted to conclude on? Hmm. I feel like there's so much to still talk about, but <laughs> I feel like, um, what do you guys think about the first step in just jumping into creating content? I think I, uh, I don't remember where I was at, um, MBA, IMB when I was walking home, I just talked to KP and he was like, just jump into it. And I was like, no, you have to have a plan. Like Dan had talked about the importance of, um, being transparent with the consumer about the roadmap and the loan process. 100% love that if someone sat down with me today and said, hey, I know right now isn't the time, but let's map out what it's going to look like so that when you have enough saved, when you know where you want to live, when everything's matching up, you'll know what to expect. Because that's something that is missing, I think, as I've been having conversations, people just think all they need is a down payment, um, 20%. And I'm just like, there's so much mishap in education, but where, where this question's going is, um, what do you think people should just leave here with as like content wise? How do you jump into it? What do you suggest? It's less complicated than you may think it is. The reality is any conversation that you would have with a potential borrower at a coffee shop, at the branch, walking down the street, that's your content strategy, right? It should be you, your social presence should be an extension of who you are in the real world. And when we when we talk to loan officers and we start coaching them and they that when that clicks, then the 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 anxiety around what do I say on social media goes away. It's like, oh yeah, I would have that conversation with somebody at a coffee shop. I could, you know, write a social post off the back of that, or I can um, you know do a quick video. And I think the other piece of it is one, be an, be an extension of your physical self, be authentic, but also be consistent. And you're okay. not gonna have a home run every single time. And that's another thing when it comes to sort of coaching folks on the value of social is, it, there is no silver bullet for social from a content perspective. Social is a long game, and it is one where if you are consistently present, and in being present is also not just posting, being present is engaging with other people, it's building, it's, it's connecting with people, it's finding opportunities to respond to their posts and comment on their posts. Like this is a, it's, you know, social media is sort of a two-way street, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, the more that you engage with folks on social, the more it's going to come back to you and it's going to drive the engagement. So, you know, that's that's really the best practice is you don't always have to have the, the super awesome post that's going to drive, you know, 10,000 likes, right? But if you're consistent and you engage, you will find success. Well said, Doug. Well said. <laughs> Anything else to add, Dan? The only thing else I would add, Doug said it beautifully, um, would is just focus on the channels that um, that consumers exist in. So, you know, somebody, I think Blake, you mentioned LinkedIn. Like, LinkedIn is not where consumers are. Um, so, focus on the right channels where you know these home buyer potential home buyers are as well. Don't put yeah. energy where it's you know you're not going to see that return. Yep. Even outside of social channels, just any form of media. If someone prefers a phone call, give them a call. If they need a text, give them a text. Because even just for, for my friends, kind of the Ali's point for pizza delivery, 
in college, none of my friends wanted to call the Chinese restaurant to make an order. They made me do it. So some people prefer calls. Yes, prefer people are hesitant. They're like, Ali, will you leave this voicemail? Like if you have back, I'm like, no, like just call. They're like, no, I'm scared. I'm like, yeah. but, um, and last thing I'll add, cause this is my favorite topic in the world. Um, but I think as I've talked to friends and I've gotten responses from my polls, people will slide up and be like, oh, like, by the ways, I don't love when people are trying to talk to me about like, and this is every buyer's different, but being authentic is something that's so important from a Gen Z's perspective, because you can see right through people who are saying, I'll help you save X amount of money. Like Dan in the airport that day was like, hey, do you realize you will never see that money again? And he wasn't trying to sell me on anything. I know he couldn't sit down with a loan application with me today. Like that wasn't it was super authentic and genuine. And I think that that's something that I've had people slide up and be like, I don't care about an investment property. Like I, I have a friend who just got married. Her and her husband are looking to, to buy a home. And she's like, all I see when I look up mortgages is, did you know that if you make this much in income and this, you can have five investment properties. And she's like, that's not what I care about. And while some people may, um, and everyone has their own niche, but I think being authentic and genuine to what your consumers care about and just starting at square one is my biggest advice for someone who's going to jump on and just build a relationship with Gen Z. Sorry. I, one, one, one last comment. We think TikTok's getting banned or what? No. No. no? I don't know. Uh, my day would be ruined. <laughs> I just that's wild because I, I will say I, know, I keep going back and forth in my mind looking things up I'm like that's where I go to like I looked up like how to pack your suitcase efficiently last night I'm going to the keys this weekend and I'm like let's see what people have to say and I watched like 10 videos on it and I feel prepared but I just I hope it doesn't go away yeah I'm the same way I looked up how to hang a uh, whiteboard uh, in my office on TikTok I looked it up how to hang this because I don't have a drill, I don't have power tools, but I might be buying some to hang up a, a whiteboard thanks to TikTok. Um, but no, great point, Allie. It's a it's a search engine and it's the place mm -hmm. to go. Well, cool. Well, I guess that's it for today. Thank you guys for for listening in. And if you guys do get a chance, please subscribe to Mortgage Innovators Podcast on the YouTube on the YouTube. Sorry, on YouTube as well. <laughs> I sound like a I sound like a millennial or a Gen X or Boomer. Uh, anyways, not to make fun of other generations, but uh, you can also subscribe on whatever platform you watch podcasts. And also in June, uh, June 14th or 15th is the Mortgage Innovators Pod, sorry, Mortgage Innovators Conference, and it's held in Anaheim, California. It's a great conference for all things mortgage innovation and technology. So I really encourage everybody to register for it. There's some really good promotions going on, so please check out the Mortgage Innovators website to register.